0: The Breaking Sales Podcast has released hundreds of episodes exploring how sales professionals and leaders can develop a high-performance mindset. Now we're looking back at our favorite moments to create the best of series, where we feature curated segments on select topics to help you approach your conversations and relationships with more intentionality. In this episode, we will take a look at four separate clips focused on the relationship between abundance and scarcity and how evolving this mindset principle can help you advance all your relationships and results in life. In this first clip, Pam and I discuss the psychology behind scarcity and why we innately default to it so quickly, especially under stress or pressure. If you wanna hear this full episode, scroll back to episode 114, exactly what is mindset? So mindset, right? I can't take credit for this definition, but for our listeners, it it is so good. So this definition comes from a David Yeager. um, I believe it's out of the University of Texas and Andrew Huberman, which many of you might listen Mm -hmm. to, who is out of Stanford University. Um, Both of them neuroscience, uh, cognitive science. And the definition is mindset is how we collect how we filter, and how we codify information.
1: Okay, I'm following.
0: Mindset is a setting. It's a true setting. So, you know, when we think about it, right, and you look at attachment, scarcity, and low intent, that is a setting. And then you look at detachment, high intent, and abundance, and that's a setting. And how we filter the world how we codify our environment, who we're talking to, the conversations we're having, it's all on us. It's the setting that we choose in that moment. And I think it it hit me so much just because we just launched a, a new client, Hudson Avenue Partners. That's what I was in Birmingham for. Welcome. Really smart group of people. And I watched them in the training, in the workshop, And you could absolutely see what they were connecting. It's like a setting though, right? Everybody's used to the setting of a little bit of attachment, scarcity, and low intent. Why? Because we as human beings, right, everything around us is scarce and attached. The media, how we grow up, the lessons that we learn. Um, No one wants to say, hey, I'm scarce and I'm attached. But reality is that's a little bit of our society, to say the least.
1: Well, it's, it's our natural default, I think.
0: Right? The innate human instinct is control and safety. Absolutely. Right? How do I maintain control of my environment, and how do I stay safe?
1: So we can't blame ourselves. No. We can't blame ourselves for the way we're setting our minds today. We can't blame ourselves.
0: I think that's key, Pam. I like that you added that. I mean, I don't want anybody feeling bad that they're scarce or attached, because we cannot blame ourselves. And the higher the pressure of the situation, and the more the emotion that we release or feel we're going to have that attachment and that scarcity kick in. Agreed. You only think about it, right? We've always talked about this one example where you work your butt off for the appointment. And I know you deal with this all the time, okay? (laughs) And you sit down for the conversation, and the first thing that person says to you is, hey, I just want to let you know, we really like our current provider. They've done a really nice job for us. Mindset is a setting. How are you filtering that how are you codifying that? Are you codifying it through scarcity and attachment or detachment and abundance? But I was, I was listening to one of Andrew Huberman's podcasts, uh, The Huberman Lab. You know, he brought up a point that you and I have heard before. Um, I think uh, Dr. Eric Potterat, who you know we have a very good relationship yes. with. Yes, yes. He's brought this up too in his studies and his, his research. 90% of our brain is routine our thinking process is routine. Now, I don't know where that started, that could have been Carol Dweck or someone else before, even Carol Dweck, but to think, right, 90% of our thinking and how we use our brain is routine. So, when someone hears, hey, we really like our current provider, without a flavor or sense of self-awareness, what are we gonna default to from a setting standpoint? Attached. Attached and scarce. Low intent. So, what's our response going to be?
1: Attached, scarce, and low intent.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're going to say something like, well, gee, I'm glad that you feel that way. I like to think our clients say the same thing about us. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Listen, I am not mocking, or maybe I am.
1: (laughs) I used to say it, listeners. I used to say that exact sentence, probably why Dan is mocking right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look, if there's a mistake to be made, I've made it. All right, I, I know that. The fortunate thing is I learn from my mistakes. The unfortunate thing is I need to make a lot. Me too. The following clip, Pam and I discuss how to change your relationship with disappointment, which is an emotion derived from scarcity. Having a healthy relationship with disappointment is essential to developing a mindset of abundance. Remember, your self-esteem should not be tied to the outcome of a result. To hear this full episode, scroll back to episode 101, Disappointment, The Gateway to High Performance. If we're not careful, do we subconsciously and cautiously start to avoid change because it's uncertain and it's risky. And because it's risky, the risk is we could feel or experience disappointment because of a shortcoming. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. But why do you think, because I agree, it is funny now that you, you talk about this, you would think it would be the opposite. The older somebody gets, the better they should be able to deal with disappointment. And understand that disappointment is going to be a part of everyday experiences. So why do you think as we get older, we don't want to put ourselves in situations as much? Why do you think that is?
0: Two things come to mind, and I'm not a psychologist by any means. The first thing that comes to mind is loss aversion. Okay. Right, where the old adage, right, if you lose $100, you're probably going to feel three times worse about losing the 100 versus if you gain the 100, right? We tend to do that as human beings. So as a tenured, experienced professional, I think we can risk the loss of version of, hey, I don't want to look like a fool. I got 20 years experience. I don't want to risk that. Everybody thinks I'm really good at what I do. And I built a reputation and a brand for being really good at what I do. I don't want to risk disrupting that reputation by experiencing a mistake or a failure where I didn't get something right. And so we end up focusing way more on not getting it right versus the mindset shift of, well, wait a minute, I am really good at what I do. I have built a really good reputation and a brand, but you know what? I want to test myself and see if I can add to it, see if I can add another level to my reputation by challenging myself in this area. And we don't spend much time thinking about that.
1: And do you think that's because we develop these egos that don't allow us to do that anymore?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a big word, ego. My head goes to pride. Why don't you share a little bit more on that?
1: Well, exactly to what you were talking about, the older I get and the more, you know, if I'm a sales professional and I'm really good at what I do and I am put up on a pedestal by my peers, I start to develop this ego. I am absolutely really good at what I do and other people are going to know it. They're going to feel it. They're going to hear about it. So why would I ever put myself in a position where that could be questioned versus, as you know, Dan, what we talk about is understanding that Your level of success is determined on the behaviors that you demonstrate to other people, your integrity, your ethics, and your ability to show people that you can and want to evolve. You want to put yourself in situations where, to your point, I can look at disappointment as a gift still at the age of 50 or 60 or 70. I like that. I never thought about it that way until you brought that up.
0: In this third clip, Pam and I discuss the trap of chasing after your prospects. You may call it tenacity, but their experience would refer to it as neediness and self serving. It's an action derived from scarcity. To hear the full episode, scroll back to episode 93 Your Mindset Impacts Your Results, Part 3.
1: Why don't we start with the time you spend chasing your prospects? For our listeners who are familiar with us, you know this is rooted in scarcity. So when you're chasing, it's rooted in that scarcity. You need or want something from the prospect. I think about this one, I think a little bit differently than most, Dan. The one thing that always comes to mind for me is if you are relentless, and I do believe relentless is very different than respectful persistence. And you know, we all know what relentless feels like. I always put myself in the prospect's shoes and think, okay, they're going to obviously know, know that I clearly need something from them. And at the end of the day, Dan, believe it or not, I think about my reputation. And is that really the reputation that I want to be putting out there for people who may not know me at all, or maybe we've had an interaction or two, and now I'm coming across as extremely scarce. So for me, the mindset and how we've got to make this shift from abundance to scarcity, I always go back to how I feel about the reputation I'm putting out there regarding myself.
0: Yeah. When I think about chasing prospects, um, I think about scarcity and attachment as well. We chase because we want something, we chase because we need something. Yet in life, there's so many philosophies out there that share and tell us, stop chasing, let things happen. I can equate this to dating, right? When we all dated, you know, for some of us a long time ago, but when we all dated, I mean, how effective and successful was it to chase somebody? Maybe on a rare occasion, you got a date or an extra date. My gut is it never worked out 95% of the time. Nobody likes to be chased. Prospects and clients are the same way. If you want to stop chasing, you're going to have to learn how to ask, being dead serious on this, better questions. You're going to have to learn how to ask the questions that you typically hold back on, the ones that cause you consternation, the ones that you say to yourself, hey, maybe I shouldn't ask that yet, I'll wait till next time. Hey, this conversation's going really, really, really good, so I don't wanna blow it right now. Questions are what will help your prospect and client think things through and take ownership. And when they take ownership, that's when you get the chance to stop chasing. hmm love that. Finally, In this very last clip, Pam and I review a 180 conversation, which is an outreach email that we've received that utilizes an approach founded in scarcity. Listen to how this approach deteriorates value and credibility. To hear the full episodes, go back to episode 99, the pros aren't very good. All right, Pam, so here's what I think would be interesting today for the uh, 180 conversations. I have three solicitations here, all happening within the same week and a half time frame from three different companies that are all in the same exact industry. (laughs) And it's very interesting to see the promises that they make and how they go about communicating, obviously, with their potential buyers or prospects like me. Okay. All right. All of them, again, are in the same exact expertise industry. They do the same thing. Three in a week. Three. Okay. So first one.
1: All right. I'm going to read the first one. First of all, the subject line says, Dan, can you take on one to two referrals? Body of the email. Hi, Dan. If so, let's hop on a call. We run simple but effective sales strategies for small businesses who can handle one to two new customers per month. We've done this for over 1,000 companies over the last seven years. Most small business owners get all of their business from referrals. Unfortunately means they have no control over their monthly growth. That can be stressful at the same time. Nearly all owners agree that outbound sales would help their business. This company bridges that gap. We build the strategy prospect lists, sales copy and do the actual outreach to open conversations between you and your prospects. Then you just need to close the deals. Do you have time to talk later today? My goodness. Happy to explain our strategy.
0: All right, so for our listeners, I think they do a good job of succinctly explaining what they do in this instance, unlike the other ones we're going to (laughs) read, okay? But I also don't understand the simplification of then you just need to close the deals, It's as if it's so easy to close business. And I know our listeners are probably also shrugging their shoulders and rolling their eyes going, yeah, yeah, sure. It's easy.
1: And if it were that easy, there'd be a line down the street of people wanting to enter into sales every single day.
0: But here's the thing. Again, it comes down to, do you have time to talk later today?
1: It is always so funny to me how anyone would assume that I'm going to drop everything including whatever commitments I have in order to have a conversation same day.
0: You know, Pam, I think it was a decent email, an ending that would have been effective, might have said something like, at your discretion, let me know if an exploratory conversation might make sense. And I can share with you how we've helped other consultants or small businesses. Agreed. But when you throw in there, do you have time to talk later today? It's like, what's the urgency? That's so needy, Needy. so scarce, (laughs) so (laughs) everything. Everything you said in the five sentences prior, wiped out.
1: Gets wiped out. It does.
0: Once again, thank you for listening to the best of Abundance and Scarcity. You spent your entire life filtering and decoding what you see, hear, and experience through some level of scarcity. That's how mindset works what would happen moving forward if you could tap into and allow abundance. For more information on achieving a high performance mindset with abundance, listen to these full episodes. And we look forward to the future best of episodes coming soon.